Sue. Sue Jones, welcome back from Florida. I just, it struck me at how selfless he was. He, he knew that, well, he knew where he was going to be. So I'm, I'm sure he wasn't as afraid or upset as a lot of people were. But his thoughts were, how many can I bring to the Lord before I leave? And how many of us would think to do that, would do that? And what a sacrifice. He was obviously a single parent. Obviously, his wife had passed away. And the sacrifice to know that he was releasing his daughter into the arms of a stranger in a boat. And he was going to lay down his life for others to be able to know Jesus Christ. That, that just the first time Gary and I watched that, we both just were so choked up, we couldn't talk afterwards when we looked at each other. So I just wanted you to see that. And I think it really speaks for itself, doesn't it? Well, I'm going to share a few more things from the Word of God. And um, somebody put the lights back on? Great, thank you. I've been just thinking so much lately about so many things. I don't know if you're like me, but I'm always thinking and pondering things and talking to the Lord continually. Just, I just have an ongoing conversation with the Lord all the time, telling him what I'm thinking and asking lots of questions. And <clears throat> I was thinking about what we, you know, just watching this video clip and just the impact that it's had on Gary and I, and um, hopefully on you as well. And I ran across something that I thought was quite interesting, and I'm going to share it with you. And um, I just want to say that the world is desperately looking for answers. The world is desperately looking for answers. Those folks that night didn't have a lot of options, but they were looking, they were probably clawing their way to try to get into boats, to get a life jacket, or to do whatever they could. And they unfortunately did not have enough life jackets. They did not have enough boats. It was chaotic. There wasn't anyone who was really organizing things. But one man, you know, that we know of stood up and really was a light in that dark time. And the world is desperately looking for answers right now. There's such a spiritual parallel with what we saw up there. We have the state, we have the life jackets, we have the lifeboats, and we have the opportunity to help people find their way to safety. And I was, um, I ran across this interview, and I'm just going to read it with, you, read it for you about what I think is really a, a speaks to the desperation of the world around us. Hollywood actor Kevin Sorbo told Glenn Beck Thursday that God-based movies are thriving at the box office because people are looking for real hope and real change. Hollywood just thinks it's New York and L.A., and that's all that exists, he remarked. There are a bunch of states in between with a lot of people that have good morals and strong beliefs. They want movies that inspire them and that inspire their kids. And if you look at the history of Hollywood, if you look at the movies with the biggest return, it's always been family movies, comedies, and things like that. The star of the mega-hit Hercules, which he told Beck was once the most watched show in the world, Sorbo is one of the stars in the recent box office success, God's Not Dead. How many of you got a chance to see that movie? Wasn't that incredible? That was so well done. Costing only roughly $2 million to create, the movie has already made back over $50 million. The film joins Heaven is for Real and Son of God as yet another faith-based movie that has stunned critics at the box office in recent months. And I say praise God for that. <laughs> praise God for that. 
People are looking for answers. People are searching for truth. People want to know the way. You know, I remember what it was like for me before I came to know Jesus Christ. I was totally confused. I was without hope. I didn't have any direction in my life. I didn't know where I was headed. And I was really just a mess. I could look good, really good on the outside, but on the inside, I was very full of confusion and darkness. People are looking for hope and for answers. So I'm going to share some scriptures with you. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Matthew 5.13. It looks so funny to have all the, a lot of the guys missing here, but I'm sure they've had a fantastic time. I know there was at least one who was going to be baptized this morning. Gary called me this morning to pray with me. And uh, there was one young man who was going to be baptized this morning. So that's really awesome. In Matthew 5.13, Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, and neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. That was actually one of the first passages of Scripture that Gary and I memorized when we were new believers. We were in an adult Sunday school class, and the Sunday school teacher would challenge us each week to commit different passages of Scripture to memory. And I remember practicing this at home and saying it over and over and over and really committing it to memory. And I'm so thankful for that time when I was challenged as a new believer to put the Word of God in my heart. And so I want to challenge you. If you don't read the Word, read the Word. It's your spiritual food. And if you don't commit it to memory, take the time to meditate on it. What you put in, what you deposit in the bank of your heart is what the Holy Spirit has to work with to bring it out when he wants to use you to share with other people and to talk to others. You will be amazed at what, when you put things in there, how the Lord just brings it out at the perfect time when you need it. So um, my footnote on that passage of Scripture says, Salt is valuable to give flavor and to preserve from corruption. And just in the same way, believers and the church must be godly examples in the world and must resist the moral decay and corruption evident in society. Churches that become lukewarm and quench the power of the Holy Spirit and cease to resist, excuse me, and cease to resist the prevailing spirit in the world will be thrown out by God, it says. They consequently will be trampled by men, and those who are lukewarm together with their families will be destroyed by the ways and values of an ungodly society. Now that's something really serious to think about, that when we allow ourselves to become lukewarm, and we don't stay salty, you know, um, we don't stay alive in the Lord, and we allow ourselves to become lukewarm, we can actually be trampled on and overcome by the values that we see in the world today. And you know, on the Titanic, there were a lot of people, as Gary Cobb brought out, there were a lot of people who were extremely wealthy. There were people who were millionaires, and the top um, level of society of that day and age, there was probably people that had gems and jewels and all kinds of possessions with them that were worth amazing amounts of money. But all those jewels and those gems and their money and all those things went with them to the grave. They perished, and they carried those things down into the waters. And they meant nothing for them at that point. They were desperately looking to um, 
live and for hope. And so those things didn't mean anything. You know, when Jesus is talking about us being salt, salty and to be the salt of the world, there's two reasons for us to be salty. One reason is because if we're not salty, then we ourselves become lukewarm and we ourselves um, d- lose our flavor. Do you know what I mean? I mean, first of all, the salt needs to be applied to us. And salt has a lot of different quali- quantity. Qualities. I'm sorry, I'm kind of having a bit of a time projecting here. Salt has a lot of different qualities of what it does. One thing is it purifies. And, and um, in the old days, they would use salt. They would put salt on wounds. Doesn't that sound ouchy? <laughs> you know, to sprinkle salt on an open wound. But oftentimes they would need to do that to disinfect the wound. It purifies and it penetrates. And salt also is a flavor enhancer and it gives seasoning. And so we need that salt in our own hearts and lives. Sometimes we need to be resalted with the passion and the fire of the Holy Spirit. And actually, later on, I'm going to give an opportunity for us to come forward and be prayed for if you want to be extra salty for the Lord, if you, want to, if you feel like you need to be seasoned more with the fresh um, dose of the Holy Spirit awakening inside of you. And I've been known to actually sprinkle people with salt when I pray over them for this because it's like a prophetic action saying, you know what, I want to be salty. And so, you know, if you want, I'll sprinkle you with some salt. Not that the salt in itself does anything, but I mean, just there's a sense of I, I just so seriously want all of us to be salty that I'm willing to pour some salt on you and say, be salty in the name of Jesus. So we need to be salty. And that was Jesus's words. A lot of times it's so easy to just, you know, pass over that and say, oh, yes, I know we're to be salt and we're to be light. I know Jesus did say that. He did say that. He did say that. And he said it in a very serious manner because he said when we lose our saltiness, that really we're not good for anything except to be trampled underfoot by men. I do not want to lose my saltiness. So I've been praying more lately and saying, Lord, help me to be even more salty. I don't know. I'm not one of those people that cares for a lot of sweets. I'm never really tempted by cookies and cake and all that. But give me a bag of potato chips, and that's my temptation. I like those salty things. And so, um, you know, I'm just in the natural, enjoy salty things. But in the spirit, I want to be more salty. I really want the Lord to make me just so effective to share my faith with others. Okay, we're going to look now at Colossians 4, 6. My message is going to be an abbreviated message today because of the fact that we did watch the video clip, which was a message in itself. Colossians 4, 6, a really great passage of scripture, written by the Apostle Paul. He says, let your conversation be always full of grace and seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Did you know that your conversation is even meant to be seasoned with salt? I'm going to read you what the Amplified Bible says for that particular verse. It says, let your speech at all times be gracious, pleasant, and winsome, seasoned, as it were, with salt, so that you may never be at a loss to know how you ought to answer anyone who puts a question to you. So actually, our conversations with people are meant to be salty. We're meant to have things in our conversations that make people thirsty. When I give in to my weakness and eat a lot of potato chips or salty things. It makes me really thirsty. 
And I find myself at night like, oh, my goodness, I need to get up and get a drink of water. I'm so thirsty. And then it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. You ate all those potato chips. So when we're salty, we make people thirsty for the Lord. When we influence them, when our conversation is seasoned with salt, with, with the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, with the truth of God, with what God's done in our life. You know, it doesn't take a lot of salt to season food. I mean, when I grew up, my dad... He poured a lot of salt on his food. <laughs> Rachel's nodding her head. He still does, doesn't he? He's a salt man. And so he's always getting that salt shaker. And before he even tastes his food, he's already putting the salt on. Of course, in our generation, we were, you know, educated that we don't need all that salt. And so um, I've learned that it doesn't take a lot of salt to season something. You only really need a few grains sometimes just to give it that little bit of extra seasoning. And so, you know what? Your conversation doesn't need to have a whole Morton salt container of salt in it. But if you put a little bit of salt seasoning in, something to do with the Lord, something to do with how just letting the light of Christ shine with you, it doesn't take a lot of salt. And you can begin to season someone's life and make them thirsty. They will see that there's something different about you. And they will wonder and they will ponder. And I remember Gary, when he worked at Besser Company, when he was working full-time and trying to pastor. And it was such a stretch for us at that time. We had our three teenage daughters at home, and wow, it was really a stretch. But we were trying to do everything that we felt the Lord was having us to do. But he worked at Besser Company, and people there knew that he was a pastor, too, as he worked. And it was interesting. He never um, tried never to make them feel uncomfortable in his presence, but the, he remembers there were times when guys that would normally swear and curse and tell dirty jokes and all that kind of stuff, when they would come around Gary, they would clean up their language all of a sudden. They'd be like, oh, excuse me, sorry, you know, I didn't mean to swear like that. And that was their normal way of talking. But he wasn't saying anything necessarily to make them feel convicted. But there's the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life, right? There's the presence of God. There's a salt and the light of Christ in us. And so when we're around people, they notice that we are different, that we do talk differently, that we act differently. They could see the difference about John Harper on the Titanic. Passengers that survived remembered what he was like. They remembered and remarked about the kindness that they saw in this man and how he did all kinds of um, wonderful things and just the presence of this kind man, this godly man on the Titanic was remembered because he was salty and he was light. Okay, a couple more scriptures. 1 Peter 3.15. <clears throat> Again, Peter now is writing, and he says, In your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord, and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So here the apostle Peter I really like Peter. He's just, he's just a really amazing man of God. And even though he made some mistakes, God, Jesus just restored him and gave Peter another chance. And I love to read the writings of Peter. I just think he's so, such a good example. But he says to always be ready, always be prepared to give an answer for the reason that you have, the hope that you have, 
the reason for the hope that you have. So again, we just need to be instant in season and out of season, don't we? We need to always be ready. I can't tell you how many times things have caught me. Un- I felt unprepared, you know, like suddenly I just have somebody that's there and I, all of a sudden I sense, oh my goodness, this is an opening that God's giving me to talk to this person, to share with this person. Um, I just don't really feel real prepared right now, but I'm just going to jump in. And Holy Spirit, you promised, Jesus, you promised that they, the Holy Spirit would give me the words that I would need at this time. So I want to encourage you, when you feel those moments where all of a sudden someone is before you and you know you have an opportunity to say something, to share something, to let light shine out of you, do not hold back. Do not hold back. Sometimes our lives are the only gospel that people are going to read. Do you know that? Some people won't pick up their Bible and read their Bible. But Paul actually says that our lives are like a letter written by God and read by all men. So your life is like an epistle or a letter written by God, and people read your life. Do you know that people around you are reading your life? I think that's always a good thing to remind ourselves about because... What are they reading? I mean, there's a lot of things that we can read out there, right? There, you go in a, any bookstore anywhere. My goodness, there's all kinds of things that you can pick up and read. But we need to realize that our life is reading material. And some people who aren't going to pick up a Bible are reading your life. And they're reading the letter that God's writing in your heart by the way that you act and the way that you you know, live and the way that you treat people, the way that you dress. I remember about maybe five years ago, we had had our, our women's conference, which is coming up. We had had our women's conference, and it was an extremely busy time. I can't remember all what was happening, but um, it was when some of my daughters were still at home, and I think we were doing things like prom, and I know I, I was making prom dresses and altering things, and we had the women's conference, and I was hosting a speaker at my house, and Oh, my goodness, it was just such a busy time, and I was just exhausted, really. And it was the Sunday, the day after the conference. And then I remembered it was Mother's Day coming up, and I knew I needed to get... I think our conference was right, like, the almost the weekend of Mother's Day, and I said to Gary, I need to run into the store on the way home and get a card from my mom. It's Mother's Day. I don't want to forget. I'll need to stop by and bring her a card. So I ran into Kmart on the way home. And I was just like, oh, so stressed and just exhausted and tired. And I'm like in the, you know, looking at cards and just kind of muttering to myself or whatever. I don't know if I was really muttering to myself, but I wasn't being very friendly. I was just kind of focused, you know. And I all of a sudden, you know, I'm looking and looking. And I noticed there was a woman standing to the right of me. And I could tell she was watching me and looking at me. And I thought, so I looked and I thought, she looks familiar. And I, I think I might know her. And I said, hi. And she said, hi, you're the pastor's wife from New Life. I saw you yesterday at the women's conference. I just want to tell you I was so blessed at the conference. I felt such conviction coming on me because I thought I was, I was just, I could have easily been ignored her, maybe even just kind of acted rude, not meaning to, but just in my own little world, you know, and what kind of letter would she have read? She recognized me. I didn't recognize her at first. It took me a moment to remember that I had seen her. But I just felt such conviction from the Lord saying, Michelle, you represent me wherever you go. And even when you're tired, and even when you're fatigued, and even when it's not convenient, you represent me. 
And so be mindful of that and always be ready to shine with my love and my kindness even when you're not at your best. Try. <laughs> Let me shine through you. You know, so I, I learned a big lesson that day because I thought, you are not just an invisible person, you know, shopping for a card. People do know you and people do know you and they know that you believe, that you claim to be a Christian. And so do our lives live up with our testimony? It's just something for us to think about. I'm not trying to lecture you, but. <laughs> okay, speaking of testimonies, I'm going to have Lila and Renee pass out a one page sheet here that I prepared last year actually for a women's growth group that we had on sharing your testimony. Or no, I guess it's not Lyle and Renee, it's Kaylee and Lyle. Okay, somebody's passing them out. And did you know that there's power in your testimony? And that's the thing that I really want to get across. <clears throat> a lot of times we feel so intimidated sharing our faith with other people. We don't know what to say. We don't feel qualified. We don't know if we, you know, are going to do it right. Well, there's some people that witnessed to me who just shared their love with me and shared the Lord openly with me. And they may have not felt like they did it the best way, or they may have felt like they were a little bumbly. But because of that, those two individuals, one was Sue Kroll, Erica Kroll's mother-in-law, and one was Gary's cousin, Keith Cross, who lives in Flint. They shared with us a little bit about Jesus, just sowed some seeds in our life. And because of their testimony... Because of their testimony, Gary and I found Jesus Christ. They didn't pop open the Bible necessarily and do the Roman roadmap to salvation. Maybe they didn't feel confident doing that. But because of their testimony of sharing their life with us and sharing what Jesus had done for them, we were birthed into the kingdom of God, and our life has never been the same. And because of them, their faithfulness, I always feel like, they're going to get a reward even for the lives that we are impacting because God's called us now to do what we're doing. And we've had the privilege of impacting a lot of lives. And I, I believe that Sue Kroll gets in on that reward. Do you know what I'm saying? Because she was faithful to sow into our lives and to share her testimony. And she was a part of what impelled us to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in the Word of God, it says in Revelation that... We overcome the enemy by the power of our testimony. That's one of the things that God uses. And it goes on to say, not loving our lives unto death as well. But the word of our testimony is so powerful. And I would like to encourage each one of you to read this over. It's just a simple guideline on how you might be able to be more prepared to share with other people about your faith to share with other people about what God has done for you. And just a quick way to um, put it together, tips, how you can do it and be effective, things to avoid. We don't want to use Christianese phrases. That happens so easily because we, did you know that the church has its own culture? And we kind of use all of our lingo and our terms and our Christianese. I remember when Gary and I, came to the Lord, we didn't know what half the people in the church were talking about. We didn't understand what a lot of the terms are. Like, what's a prayer closet? What is a prayer closet? Can somebody tell me what a prayer closet is? I didn't even know how to pronounce Job. I thought it was Job, <laughs> you know, when I'm reading in the Bible. You know, we come to the Lord, and we just don't know those things. And so the people that you might be sharing with, they don't know 
those things. And if you use Christianese on them, it's a wall between you and them. Use simple ways of expressing what God has done for you. Tell how he's changed your life. So my challenge to you today is that if you want to be serious about sharing Christ, take some time to write out and practice and even memorize a three-minute testimony of how God has changed your life. And then ask God to give you opportunities to share that. And begin to expect in faith that you will have opportunities to tell other people about the Lord. Because, I know, Gary says I'm the queen of object lessons. Because God wants you out of the box. He wants you out of the salt shaker Right? He wants us to other salt shaker. But I really like this one. This box, I really like it. I have to show you. Can you let me out of here? Can you let me out of here? We need to get out of the box. And I think that we could turn it around a little bit, and that might be the Holy Spirit knocking on your heart and saying, excuse me, excuse me, can you let me out of here? Can you let me out? Can you let me flow through you? Can you let me speak through you? Can you let me love other people through you? Can you let me heal people through you? Can you let me set captives free through you? Can you let me be big in you? Can you let me change your family through you? Can you let me change your neighborhood and the people that you work with and the people in your community through you? Will you let me out of the box? Amen. Amen. (laughs) So I'm going to be closing my message with that. And I'd like to have you stand up as I share just a couple more things with you. In Romans, no, excuse me, in 1 Corinthians 5, it's written that we are God's ambassadors. We are his representatives. And I have been feeling so stirred, um, just so stirred. And I'm going to ask the ministry team, if you would just come up to the front here, those of you who are on the New Life ministry team or on the Woven ministry team, and even those who just went through training for Woven, if you'd like to come to the front, you're very welcome to join us. And we're going to uh, pair up in twos if we have enough. Or if you're, let me say this, if you're new on the ministry team, I want you to pair up with someone else, okay? So, um, I would like to give you an opportunity to come forward if you desire to have hands laid on you, to be prayed over, to let the Holy Spirit out of the box of your life. Whatever is holding you back, whatever you feel is limiting you, it is not from God. God does not limit you. There are no limitations on what God wants to do through you. As a matter of fact, he is just looking anxiously for people that he can work powerfully and mightily through. You may be the only Bible that anyone will ever read. Your lips may be the only ones that ever tell people about Jesus Christ. You have a circle of influence that I do not have. Look around. Look at how many people are here this morning. You all have a circle of influence that nobody else in this room has. Some of the people in your life we cannot touch because we do not have that relationship with them that you have. But you can touch them and you can impact them. Um, would you mind, Lori, just giving me some music? Sorry. 
I am going to give you an opportunity now to come forward and have one of these folks just lay hands on you as we ask the Lord to make us so salty, so salty that we literally change the lives of those around us. And if you know that you've been lukewarm and you've been holding back and not letting the Holy Spirit out of the box in your life, I just want to tell you that it doesn't take much to change that. All that you have to do is ask God's forgiveness and say, God, I'm not salty. I have become lukewarm, and I've been holding back on you. And I want to answer the call of your spirit today. And I'm signing up to be a salty soldier in the kingdom of God. I'm signing up to be someone who will be your ambassador and your representative and be your mouthpiece. You know... God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Sometimes we feel like we are just simple people. Gary and I are simple people. We found a passage of scripture one time where it talks about David just being a simple shepherd and how the Lord called him out of the sheep field to take care of the sheep. And that so spoke to our hearts because we said, Lord, we're just simple folks. You just found us in the sheep field. And we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know what we were signing up for when we said yes. (laughs) But you made us what you've made us to be. And we want to be faithful doing it. And you know what? You might feel so simple sometimes. You might not feel qualified. But God qualifies those who feel unqualified. And so I invite you to come up this morning and to be prayed for, to become more salty. And if I come around and sprinkle a little salt on you, it won't hurt you. You can shower later. But I want you to be as salty as you possibly can be for the Lord's glory. So come, would you please come? And Father, as we come, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would release the power of your Holy Spirit through those who are praying over these individuals, Lord, that you would anoint them beyond anything they can imagine, Father God, to be used for your glory and for your purposes, oh God. Lord, this community needs the light of Christ shining in it. This community needs to know the truth. Lord, just like the people who are on the Titanic, there's people who are going to perish if we don't reach out to them. So, Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would pour out your spirit and stir up fire in the hearts of each and every one of these people here today, Lord God. Make us so salty and so full of the zeal and the power of your spirit, Lord, that we make a lasting impact in this community for Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Father. We praise you. We honor you and we glorify you, oh God. We claim Alpena and the surrounding community for you, Jesus Christ. We claim this community for your glory, oh God. We ask you, Father, to change the face of this community and cause people to come to know Jesus Christ. We pray for revival and we pray for the fire of your spirit. Thank you, Lord. And I'm going to have to ask the um, teams just to be... uh, as quick as you can here as you pray over people because I believe we've got more people that would like to come. So if you could just declare over them the power and the anointing of the Lord to go out boldly in Jesus' name. And I'm going to go ahead and lay the microphone down. And let's just take a few minutes to continue to pray. And when you feel like you're done doing business with God, you are dismissed. And we welcome you to join us in the lower level for fellowship. But don't leave until you know you've settled whatever you need to settle in your heart today. Amen. We hope to see you next week. And ladies, we hope to see you at the women's conference on Saturday.